Blog Talk Radio. The proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ by members of the Churches of Christ. With your host, Stevie R. Butler. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. 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 Sure, sure, sure. 
work of love on the line. Come on and spin the line. Let us gather just for a crown of love in the line. Come on and spin the line. Send the light. Oh, the blessed gospel light. Let it shine from your soul. listening to the gospel light radio show give your attention to the proclamation of the gospel of jesus christ good evening i am brother clayton philip minister here at the rose city church of christ where everyone is somebody, and Jesus Christ is Lord. We are a Bible-believing church. We believe in speaking what the Bible speaks and being silent with the Bible silent. We are church bound for heaven. We're not guessing that we're going. We know we are going to heaven. Jesus said, I am the way the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. It's so good to be tuned in with you all on today here at Block Talk Radio Show. And we hope and pray that everything is going well uh, with the broadcast. Had difficulties there for a minute, but we're back live prayerfully uh, on the air. Um, also, we're live here at the Rose City Church of Christ uh, here in my office. And so it is my responsibility to bring the word of God, the message, the first message on this evening. Now, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Michael, the Old Testament passage of scripture, the book of Michael. And that's uh, Michael chapter 6. I want to miss reading at verse 1, terminate at verse 3. Everybody 
call somebody and tell them to listen to Brother Philip's message on this evening. Uh, Michael chapter 6, verse 1 through 3. And we find these words written. Hear ye now what the Lord said. Rise, contend thee before the mountains, and let the hills hear thy voice. Hear ye, O mountain, the Lord, controversy, and ye strong foundation of the earth. For the Lord have a controversy with his people. And he will plead with Israel, O my people, what have I done unto thee, that wherein have I wearied thee? Then God said to Israel, he said, testify against me if you can. Testify against me if you can. And so here we have in the text, if you will, I want to use for our message today, God in the conversation. God in the conversation. And so we have here, if you will, a courtroom drama with God and his people. We have God in the conversation. The word conversation uh, actually means the revealing of one's conduct. So how you talk, how you respond, it demonstrates your conduct. And so we have here God in the conversation. So every conversation that it have, God is involved. We must understand that uh, Israel is not talking about God. Israel, the people of God, is not talking about God. They are talking with God. God is in the conversation. Um. Here we find, if you will, that um, God has always spoke and been in conversation with man. There are three dispensations in the Bible. There are a little bit more than that, but there are three main dispensations in the Bible. The first dispensation in the Bible is the patriarchal age. And the patriarchal age is when God spoke. Uh, directly to man. And then we have the Mosaic age when God spoke through the prophets. Then we have the Christian age when God spoke through his son. The Bible says, turn now to Hebrews chapter 1. Everybody turn the Bible with me now to Hebrews chapter 1. And the verse is number 1 and 2. God, who at sundry times and in divers manner spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophet. God said, listen, 
I've always spoke to man. I've always been in the conversation with man. He says, has in the last days spoken unto us by his son, whom he have appointed the heir of all things, by whom also he made the world. In other words, God said, listen to me, listen to me. He says, uh, when I speak, things happen. <laughs> the Bible speak, Brother Clay Phillips. When I speak, God said, when I speak, you know, in Genesis, I said, let there be light. And there was light. Let the firmaments divide, and the firmaments divide. Let there be truth. God said, when I speak, things happen. So we have here, if you will, uh, that God is in the conversation. And it is encouraging to know today that God is in our conversation. Uh, because, number one, it helps us understand and appreciate when things we have blocked past. When the devil is in the way, we have access to God. A block path. God is in the conversation. He tells us which way to go, how to go, when to go. Not only is God in the conversation in block passes, uh, even in our dreams, <laughs> God is in the conversation. In our dreams, in our feelings, in our inspirations, in our music. In our nature, symbols and uh, tender mercy, thoughts and vision, God is in our conversation, if you will. And so here we find, if you will, that uh, when God speaks, things happen. For example, let's look at the Bible. The Bible teaches us, for example, let me give you three examples. First of all, you remember when the Bible said that Moses left Egypt at the age of around 40 years old because Pharaoh was going to kill him because he had killed that uh, Egyptian. Um, so he ran in, in 40 years in the wilderness, and when God got ready, God got ready. He, God speaking in mysterious ways now. And God got ready to use Moses again. The Bible said there was a bush burning. <laughs> There was a bush burning. Let me say that again. There was a bush burning. And Moses was tending the sheep. Notice the bush was in flame and burning, but it was not being consumed. <laughs> to be God in something, <laughs> uh, you can't consume it. God can, but you can't. So Moses said, let me go see what's going on with the going on. I need to find out what's going on. So Moses went to the bush and saw that the bush was not being consumed and started walking toward the bush and boss out of the bush. <laughs> now, you know, that shocked uh, some of us and it shocked me. And told Moses, and Moses, uh, take off your slippers for you're walking on holy ground. <laughs> Bush burning, God in the bush. God was in the conversation. God said, Moses, it's not time for you and I to talk. God said, let me talk to you, Moses. He said, I want you to go tell uh, Pharaoh, let my people go. Moses said, wait a minute, Lord. You know, uh, I killed somebody down there, and they're looking for to kill me. 
uh, God said, listen, I'm in the conversation. You don't have to worry. I mean, God in the conversation, you don't have to worry about nothing. God said, uh, Moses, take your right hand, put it in your bosom. Put it out. Leprosy. Put it back. Came out clean. <laughs> God in the conversation. Make things move. Make things happen, if you will. Listen, y'all. Listen, listen. Uh, he, uh, he, uh, Moses, uh, uh, Moses, well, now, who should I tell them who sent me? God said, okay, okay, let me, let me, you, 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 you hadn't realized who you're talking to. Tell them I am. <laughs> I am. In other words, I came from nothing, and I'm still here. I was, I came from eternity, and I'm going to be in eternity. I am eternity. You tell them eternity sent you. <laughs> well, you know I can't speak well. Okay. Take, take Aaron with you, and let him speak for you. Well, well, what is Pharaoh? He said, Moses. Throw down your rod on the ground. And the rod turned to a snake. Tell me, God, God used anything he wants. The rod turned to a snake. <laughs> Look at it. And, and the Bible says that God told Moses, now, now pick up the rod from the table. And he put his hand on the rod, and the rod turned back to a rod. The snake turned back to a rod. When God speaks, when God is in the conversation, it's real. Then another example of Moses when uh, Israel was acting up, and God said, okay, uh, Moses, I'm going to send a thick cloud down. And you tell them now, do not touch this mountain. Because if you touch this mountain, you're going to die. Because uh, I uh, am speaking when, when the thunder and the lightning and, and the roar of the mountain and the cloud came down. And so you, you know when God's speaking because uh, nature obeys God. <laughs> we'll get to that. You mentioned all this. We'll get to that. Nature obeys God, if you will. Then we then we get to the point where there's another example. Then we'll move on. There's another. But I got to tell you about this example. There uh, was uh, Elijah, and Elijah uh, was, you know, he was uh, in the mountain in a cave hiding. Not the Bible says that uh, God said, "Okay, now let me speak to." You. It's in it's in it's in First Kings chapter nineteen. Read it for yourself. Let me let me speak to Elijah. Let me talk to him because he's hiding in this cave and, and it's time to get some things done. And I you need to get busy. Elijah. Uh, well God, how do I know you talking to me? God sent him to a test. The Bible says that God sent him to a test. First test was he said, Look at uh look at the great wind blowing. <laughs> The great wind was blowing. Look at it. Whether it was a, a hurricane or a tornado, 
it did some damage. Elijah, do you see that? Yes, it's God. I see it. Wow. But the Bible says, God said, I'm not in the strong wind, the great wind. So in other words, God said, I, I can be in anything I want to be in. I'm going to show you that I can be in anything I want to be in. But it's, read First Kings what it says, 19. Then, then not only was the great wind, Bible said there was an earthquake just shaking and baking and shaking and, and destroying stuff and, and shaking and, 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 and more. And Elijah said, well, well God, I know you're not in the earthquake. God said, no, no, that's not, that's not what I want to work with or not. See, when God is in something, it means that he want to work with something. And he can, he, he's everywhere and everything, but he can move things and he use what he wants. Amen? So here he said, the great wind, the nerve quake. And then he wasn't doing Elijah yet. He's Elijah. Come here. Come here, Elijah. Uh, look, look at that fire over there. Big forest fire. It's blazing. And look at it. Elijah thinking, God, I know you in that fire there. Okay, you in the fire. I said, no, no, I'm not in the fire. I'm not speaking to you through the fire. Not, not this time. I've, I've, I've used fire before. Uh, Shagrite, <laughs> Meshach, Benedict. Don't in the fire first. I've used, I spoke to, I spoke to animals. Bill, riding the donkey, and the donkey spoke to him. He said, man, quit hitting me. I, I spoke to lions and Daniel in the lion's den, when God is in the conversation, the Bible says that uh, God said, now, Elijah, hush, be quiet, listen. He said, now I'm talking. Still, small voice. Elijah, this me. I'm here. I'm your God. Bible says Elijah, uh, that God is speaking. God has spoken uh, in creation. Now, now let me let me let me say this. You must understand. Let me straighten out the uh, misunderstanding and of uh, a concept that we have that we use that. People, and I know it's all the time folks will say, well, you know, two or three in the midst. Now, I'm not saying God is not in the midst. Yes, that, that's true. But let me, let me rectify the exegetical study of that because too many folks have a misunderstanding. In Matthew chapter 18, everybody turn the Bible now to Matthew chapter 18. Let me rectify uh, the misunderstanding about the text because it's deeper than what uh, – uh, membership. Uh, it's deeper than uh, the attendance. And, and every time when a church does not have, uh, let's say two or three folks in the church, and they don't have maybe 25 or whatever, man, uh, and there are a few of us, but God is in the midst. Of the and they use this scripture. Quit using this scripture out of context. Let me show you what it's talking about before we get to our lesson. I'm just, I'm just setting the Background, now, Matthew chapter 18, 
verse 15. Notice what the Bible said. Now, now, first of all, let me read the scripture that folks go to and say, in verse 20, this is what a lot of people go to, in verse 20. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Now, and, but they stop there. They start there, rather, and stop. They start and stop there. What is Jesus actually dealing with here? Jesus is actually dealing with um, a controversy. He's dealing with folks being argumentative. Hello? Come, come, come in. Come in to me now. He's dealing with people being argumentative. He's, being, he's dealing with controversy. He's dealing with folks fighting and up in the church. How you know? Let's back up. Let's back up. Let's back up. Verse 15. Verse 15. Now, understand. See, the reason why I am so serious about my work as a minister of the gospel, because I know God is in the conversation. And, I, and I'm serious about this. I don't play around with my, my ministry, my life as a Christian, my family, church members. They know that Brother Philip is serious about because I know God is in the midst. God is in conversation. Listen to it. It said in verse 15 of Matthew chapter 18, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee. So now here, Jesus is dealing with trespass against thee. He's talking about trespassing. He says, Go and tell him his faults between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. So understand this now. Here, now, Jesus is telling us, this is in the red. Jesus is telling us, listen, God knows when you are going through a controversy. Now, when we look at, when we go back to Michael, we're going to understand the controversy between God and Israel. But Jesus is saying, listen, I am in the midst. God is in the midst of us. Arguing and fussing and bickering. Notice what it says here. Then he goes and says, But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. So, so now, why is God's word in the midst? That God can establish his rule, his law. His regulation, I'll show it to you for a finish. Woo! God said, I'm going to show. So Jesus is talking about, he said, listen, even when it boiled down to simple um, controversies and argumentativeness, he said, understand this, I will establish my rule and regulations. Then in verse number 17, he says, and if he should neglect to hear them, Tell it to the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as a heathen and a publican. Because, you know, heathens and publicans will lie up something. They will always do what's best for them. But, see, when you know, when you know if I'm sitting with my mother and my father, in a conversation with my friend, I'm going to be as truthful. <laughs> I'm going to be as truthful as I possibly can. 
Because I want my mama and my daddy to know that I've been lying to them, my friends. So here, Jesus said, he said, listen, listen now. He said in verse 18, Bird, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever shall loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. Again, I say unto you, that if, then he says, now notice, so whatever you bound on earth shall be bound in heaven. In other words, God hear you in heaven. Come out of me. God hear you in heaven. God hear you on earth. <laughs> God hear you on earth. God hear you in heaven. So wherever you are doing, no, no, let me read verse 18 again. Very I say unto you, Jesus, now this Jesus says, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. So whatever you do on earth, God is in the conversation. And whatsoever you shall loose on earth, God is in the conversation. He says in verse 19, again, I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth, notice that it's all about agreement. It's all about understanding. But the agreement must understand, you must understand that God is in the conversation. See, if you recognize and recognize God in the conversation, you won't be so quick to not to disagree. It says here, and the thing that thou shalt ask, it shall be done for them of my Father, which is in heaven. Let the Bible speak, Brother Philip. My Father, which is in heaven. Amen? Then it says, then in verse 20 it says, what we have uh, been misunderstanding and misteaching for so many years about, uh, it, it, it talking about, I'm not saying God is not in the midst of this. I'm saying but the conversation is about uh, rectification, controversy. So it says here in verse 20, for where two or three are gathered together, no now, in my name, in other words, in my authority, in I'm in the conversation, there am I in the midst of them. God said, I am in the midst of them, if you all <laughs> realize I'm in the conversation, you can have a hundred thousand people. If God is in the conversation, whoo! <laughs> now let let me go now. I got fifteen minutes. Now let's go back to our text. Let's go now to Old Testament text. Uh, let's go to Michael. Everybody, now turn the Bibles to Michael. The chapter is. Ah, uh, six. Michael chapter six. Oh, look at him. Michael chapter six. And let us look now at this text. Understand, first of all, understand that this is a controversy between God and Israel. And God is telling them, listen, we need to talk. Y'all need to understand. I'm in the conversation. You need to recognize I'm in the conversation. Now, I'm going to give you a synopsis because I'll have about 15 more minutes. I'm going to give you a synopsis of the text. If possible, then I come back and give you some homiletics, if possible. Let's look at the synopsis. Verse 1, verse 1. 
Verse 1 is telling us, it's telling Israel, God is telling Israel that, that listen, you got to listen to me. You got to hear me. Whether in a great wind, an earthquake, a fire, a small, still voice. <laughs> you got to know I'm in there. You got to hear me. He says in Michael chapter 1, verse 6, no, 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 Michael chapter 6, rather, in verse 1, Michael chapter 6 and verse 1, he says, Hear ye now, not tomorrow, not the next day, hear ye now. In other words, God said, listen, let me get your attention. God is in the midst. Uh, you remember uh, Eli and, and, and Samuel? God, uh, Samuel grew up with Eli, and the Bible says God called him. He ran to Eli. He called him. No, he called him. Three times. And then Eli recognized God is talking. God is sending the conversation. Look the Bible says. Michael, he says, hear ye now what the Lord said. So here uh, in Michael, God it's the Spirit of God is telling us, giving us an example, and teaching us to listen what the Lord is saying to his people. Uh, stand up and state your case against me. Because understand that Israel had fallen away from God, and God called Michael to say, listen, I need you to straighten out my people. One of the last good prophets. One of the last good prophets. It's called we call it the minor prophet. He says, and ye shall notice now, hear ye now what the Lord said. Notice now, if you will, what the Lord said. Uh no, notice it. So he said, Arise. So here we find we gotta learn to uh arise. So, so what is it, what is the, uh, the teaching here? What is what is God teach us? He he is addressing. Listen, people. He is addressing a rebellious, hard-headed, uh, antithetical people. Uh, the one uh, exegetical study says there is a, a list less, a list less. Now the word list less is uh, the etymology of it, it means uh, you, you should have a list of things that God <laughs> wants you to do, and you let go by them. In other words, God has given us the Bible, the Word of God, to go by. So the list less is a imitating of a people or explaining of a people that is stealing they are into their feelings uh, of having no energy. In other words, why is God allowing us to do this? Why is God allowing this to happen to us? Why is this going on in our lives? So, so here, Michael, God is addressing Michael and said, Michael, understand, you tell them folks, you hear ye now what the Lord said. And what I want them to do Number one is arise, arise, meaning 
uh, they need to come out of that that into their own feelings, uh, a lack of enthusiasm. It is, but the worst thing that happened to Israel. Now, now come here, come here. Let me tell y'all, the worst thing that happened to them is like some of us. Uh, the worst thing that happened, they was not willing to do anything about it. They, uh, they was into their feelings, and they was into their emotions. They, they felt like they had no energy. They, was, they, they liked enthusiasm. So uh, David said, I was glad when they said that to me, let us go into the house of the Lord, because I'm finna hear what God got to say to me. People are not concerned now today. We live in a society now. People are not concerned now today about the voice of God. Oh, look at him. And so, uh, so these verses that we're looking at, if you will, from, from verse 1 to verse 8, what we're looking at is the introduction to an ungrateful people expressing a disagreement with God. You're a bad boy. You, you're tough. Now, 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 these are some bold people, just like today. People are bold today. And so they were ungrateful. They expressed a disagreement with God. They complained. And, and, and one of the worst things that happened is church fight. They ain't got time to get in that in, in, in Macro. Church fight. They were fighting up in the temple. <laughs> Look at that. Churches are doing that even to this day. Church fight. Here we find they're complaining. This is, this is what we call in theology. Uh, uh, the uh, obstinate. In other words, it is the uh, the introduction to the uh, ex- exposing of one inner heart to ex- expose their inner part. And so, what what talking does it uh, it is an obstinate that. Expose your stubbornness. It 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 refuses to you refuses to change regardless of what. What is it wrong with us? God in the conversation, and folks are refusing to change. If, if I remember when I was a boy, uh, my brother would come to me and say, uh, "Morty dog." Who you you tell me more y'all? No, I ain't been to more of y'all. Gonna go shoot some basketball. Now they say, "Well, Daddy said." <laughs> Put that in the conversation. Daddy said, "More them young." You should have said it up front. Daddy said. Now nobody said now. Hear ye now what the Lord said. He says, "Arise." Contend die before the mountains. He said, I want you to understand now. Let the mountains and the hills uh, uh, be witnesses. <laughs> God said, okay. Woo. This is deep. This is deep. God said, okay, I'll tell you all what. Let the mountains, because the mountains do more and obey more than you guys do. Let the mountains. 
and here be called to witness uh, your complaint. Okay, you you complaining, and and I I I got some money. Turn turn to uh turn to Psalms one twenty one. Everybody now turn the Bible to Psalms one hundred and twenty. In verse number one, one hundred and twenty-one. Turn this book to Psalms one hundred twenty-one, and the verse is number one. Let us notice now. Let, let us notice something. This, this is this is uh, uh, God in the conversation. Because see, you, you ought to be able to recognize that there is a God somewhere. All the stars and the moon and the sun. There got to be a creator somewhere. Uh, how, how can we ignore that there is a creator? What is man that you are mindful of him? And you look at the sun, the stars, the moon, and all this other stuff, and you uh, you conversate with man. You let man question you. The, the only thing that questions God is man. Now, let me say this here. There's nothing wrong with questioning God. There's, there's something wrong with challenging God with a question. <laughs> come here, come here. There's nothing wrong with questioning God, but there's something wrong with challenging God with a question. Don't challenge God with a question. They're like a child, coming, my, my children coming up to me and challenge me. With, uh, no, no, wait, whoa, whoa. <laughs> that not going to happen. Know what the Bible says. Now, in Psalms 121, the Bible says, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills. Now, now, let me straighten this out, too. This is another uh, point I need to straighten out with um, church folks that use the scripture out of context. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from which comes my help. Now, understand this. His help does not come from the hills. David is using it. Now, let me say this. First of all, there was a, uh, in the manuscript, the original manuscript of the text, it is teaching, this is what it, it is a question. In the original manuscript, get your, get your Hebrew and read it. In the original manuscript, it says, Shall I look to the hill from which come in my help? In other words, shall I look to the hill? To see that my help come from the here. David is telling us that, listen, when I was running from Saul and I got entrapped in 1 Samuel, read 1 Samuel, right? I have to read all that. 1 Samuel chapter 23, verse 19. Oh, okay, okay. Y'all, y'all look at me funny. 1 Samuel, let's go in. Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 23. 1 Samuel 23. This is the mate scripture. So when you read the scripture, you need to follow up on it. The mate scripture. First Samuel chapter 23 and the verse number 19. Now remember now, David was hiding from Saul in the mountain, in the hill. And and he got um he got betrayed. How you know? In 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 First Samuel chapter 23, verse number 19, it says, Then came up the Zerphites to Saul, to Gibeah, saying, now, in other words, they knew what David were in the hill, hiding. Uh, he was hiding out. 
Does not David hide himself with us in this stronghold of the woods? <laughs> now watch this. Listen, listen. Watch this. In the hills of Hilchiah, David was hiding in the hills of Hilchiah, which is on the south of Jeshemah, Jeshemah. So David said, listen, I got bomb rush in the hill. I got boom. So when you go to Psalms 121, verse 1, and the verse says, I will lift up my eyes unto the hill from which come in my head. So you know, there was a miswriting mis of the text. The text should have said, shall I look to the hill or to the mountain? David said, no. He said, my help. Come from the Lord. <laughs> the, the conversation here. My help comes from the Lord. He's in the conversation. How do you know? He says, my help coming from the Lord. Verse 2. My help comes from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Which made heaven and earth. Everything disobey God. I mean, everything obey God, rather. Other than man. Man, we are some hard-headed jokers. We will not obey God for nothing, it seems like. So when you look at, go back to Micah, let's go back to Micah, and let me wrap this up. Micah, uh, chapter is 6. Micah, chapter 6. Let me wrap this up. Now, let me read, uh, read this. Now, in verse 2 of Micah, chapter 6, in the verses 2, it says, notice now, let's read verse 1 again. It says, hear ye now, and we're listening to God, hear God's voice, what the Lord said. Know what God said. Arise, contend thou before the mountains, and let the hills hear thy voice. In other words, he's telling us, he said, I want, me, I want you, if you're going to complain, complain to the hills, because uh, they're not going to answer you back. <laughs> because I'm going to answer you. God is saying, the hill's not going to answer you back, but I'm going to answer you. I'm going to let you know what I feel, what I know, what I'm, how my love for you and, my, and what I want to do for you. Woo! God, I'm going I'm to let you know. So when you look first at the first um, uh, homiletic, it, it's about the authority, having the authority. Christ has the authority to enter any conversation. He has the authority to break into your conversation. Hey, what y'all talking about? I'm saying that, but he don't understand what y'all talking about. I know what you're talking about. You remember Jesus with Pharisee? Uh, the woman came in the house, saw washing his feet, and was talking amongst themselves, and if, if he had known this was a woman, Jesus said, hey, hey, hey. Y'all talking about? <laughs> I'm in the conversation. I know your heart, because I know Jesus. I know what you're thinking about. I know what your your thoughts. Then, then he says in verse number two, "Hear ye, O mountain, the Lord controversy." God said, "Now, if I want the mountain to talk, they'll hear me. They'll listen to me." But I want them to hear your complaint because they, I, I want the mountains to hear your complaint. 
the Lord controversy, and ye strong foundation of the earth. And what do you mean a strong foundation of the earth? The earth has a strong foundation. It's going to stand to Christ come back. Okay, what nobody said, another planet going to come here. No. It's going to stand to Christ come back. That's in the conversation. For the Lord have a controversy with his people, and he will plead with Israel. And now, now, let me back this up. I love this, y'all. This is what I love. I love the tone. Number one, we look at the authority. Number two, we look at the method. In other words, God says, uh, I got the method. Number, number three, the tone. The tone of God, please, is just as Ephesians. He says, Father, provoke not your children to wrath. God said, listen, I'm not provoking you to wrath. You're already angry. You're already mad. You're already upset. I'm not provoking you to anger. You already got a misconception. Oh, he said, he said oh, my people. Look what he says here now. What have I done unto thee? Oh, my people. I want to know what have I done to thee? What have I done to you? For you to be angry, mad, frustrated. He said, notice it. And wherein have I wearied thee? He said, testify against me if you want to. <laughs> my mouth is going to move. <laughs> my mouth ain't got nothing to do with that, Lord. Then he goes and says, for I, no more said. He said, listen to me, y'all. Verse 4. He said, for I brought thee, this is all this I've done for you guys. I brought thee up out of the land of Egypt and redeemed thee out of the house of the servants. You're not a slave anymore. And I feel bad about us as black people today. We have so much God has blessed us with. We're not slaves anymore to another man. But I see today that we are slaves to sin. And we are forgetting about God in the conversation. It says, redeem thee out of the house of the servants. And I sent before thee Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. I gave you all the help you need. Ooh, and you still angry with me. Oh, my people. Verse number five. Oh, my people. Remember now what Balak, king of Moab, consulted with the enemy? Do you remember what Balaam, the son of Balaam, answered him with Shetons unto Gilgad, that ye may know the righteousness of the Lord. He said, I let you go through all that. Now, I got to wrap it up. Let me close that. I let you go through all that to let you know that I'm in the conversation. I let you get all that struggle. And sometimes God will allow us to go through struggle. But what are we supposed to do? Drop down to verse 6. It saves some time. Verse, not verse 6, verse 8. And I'm going to close it out with verse 8. He has showed the old man God has sent Jesus to die on the cross. He has showed us. We are without excuse, y'all. 
He has showed us, oh man, what is good. And what does the Lord require thee? But to do, this is what God wants us to do. But to do, good God Almighty. <laughs> but to do, three things God wants y'all to do. Number one, uh, do justly. Number three, love mercy. And number four, walk humbly with thy God. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. I'm your speaker, Brother Clay Phillips. Remember this. Keep it real. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show.
You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Shout it out question. Hello? Hello? When I think about my Lord, what He does for me, I may not get it at the moment, but I trust it with the Holy Holy. He may move my You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Shout it out question. Ladies and gentlemen, we seem to have some technical difficulty here going on with my audio. I'm sure if uh, everything is broadcasting okay, I can hear it through my headset. You there, Brian? I am here. Okay, let's go ahead and ask this question. Now, this question is from an anonymous queries uh, from the state of North Carolina. And this Huh? Right in your state. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Got a lot of good questions coming out of North Carolina. (laughs) Yes, they do. Yes, they do. All right. This this is what the queries said. They said, based on the command of God telling Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 28, and then again to Noah and his family in Genesis 9 and verse 1. And here's the question. Who are we lineage to, Adam or Noah? What say you this question? I say both because the Bible is speaking. This is God speaking and giving his commandment to both Adam and Eve and to Moses and to Noah. See, to understand it, we have to look at the scripture itself. Now, the Bible says in Genesis 1 and verse 28, and God blessed them. He's talking about Adam and Eve. And God said unto them, who are you talking to? He's talking to Adam and Eve. Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over everything, living thing, that moveth upon the earth. That's letting God, letting Adam and Eve know, y'all need to be fruitful and multiply, meaning having children. And I'm giving you, man, dominion over the fowls that fly in the air, those who are in the ocean, and those cattle and all that roam on the earth. Now, this is in the very beginning when God had created man on this earth and then put Adam to sleep, took a rib from his body, and made woman. So this is in the beginning. This is God's commandment. When they were in, when they were they were there, it was they were the only people on the earth. 
God was only talking to them and told them, you're going to be fruitful. You need to multiply. That was God's commandment to man. But as we see again in Genesis chapter 9, verse number 1, the Bible teaches us, and God blessed Noah and his sons. Now, at first we saw in Genesis 1:28, God was talking to Adam and Eve. But now, eight chapters later, after the flood is over, in Genesis 9 and 1, God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Now, this is after the flood. When God had told Noah, we know he had told him that he, was, he, was, he had repented that he had made man, meaning God was sorry that he had made man because man was just doing continuous evil. Thank God saw a, a man by the name of Noah who, who ruled over his house, who feared God, who walked with God, as the Bible says. The Bible doesn't say that God walked with him. The Bible says that he walked with God. And now after the flood is, has now occurred, this is after 40 days and 40 nights, this is after now when the ark had rested back on land, this commandment was given to Adam, I mean, was given to Noah, not just Noah, but also his, his sons, Ham, Sham, and Japheth, and told them to be fruitful and multiply. Basically, what these scriptures are showing is man's commandment on how to govern and take care of the earth. Now, in the first part, we see Adam and Eve. They were the only people that were on earth at that time. We saw that again in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. They were the only ones there, and that was their responsibility. Now that God had destroyed everything on the earth except for Noah, Ham, Sham, and Japheth, and, his, and, his, and their wives, and Mrs. Noah, remember the Bible teaches us that eight souls were saved by what? Water. And that like figure, as we know, baptism does now also save us. But we're seeing here this example. Now Noah is, has the responsibility, along with his three sons, to replenish the earth. So both these scriptures, yes, are commandments by God. The first one was when just Adam and Eve were there. Now Ham, Sham, and Japheth, they've got a responsibility now to replenish the earth. So the scripture does work with both of them. First with Adam and Eve in the beginning. Now we're at the, after the world was destroyed, it was the responsibility of the three sons of Noah to help replenish the earth. That is my answer to this question. And we got to understand, who was God talking to? First time he was talking to Adam and Eve. Now he was talking to Noah and his sons. So you have to understand who God is talking to. And we see it here that God was talking to both of them at different times, and gave them the same responsibility. In the beginning was Adam and Eve. They were all by themselves. Now they got some help later on after they have gone passed on and some generations have gone by. Now Noah and his sons had a responsibility, and God blessed them to be able to replenish the earth. So you may, might as well say that we're, we're uh, related in some way to Noah and his family. But these were the commandments given to by God. I hope I've answered this question to the best of my ability and that all can understand it and that we can all understand that God is in large and he's in charge and we've got to obey him. 
And these were the commandments that God gave. He was specific in what he gave. He made sure it was understood by all those that he had taught, told to do these things, and it was done. I pray that this, this answer has been beneficial. May God continuously bless us in the reading, hearing, and proper application of his holy and divine word. Shout it out question. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show.
But my children, my parents, my husband, my wife Whatever in your home, do like Job and where do you change God? Whatever your problem is, take it to God. I know you will find it all get better with time. Whatever you're trying to do, if you're on the Lord's side, it all gets better with time. 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 You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Give your attention to the proclamation of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, bless you, bless you today. May God bless you and hold you consistently in his care. This is Brother Hubbard of the Kingsley Terrace Church of Christ, a church where God is glorified, the saints are sanctified, and our lives are changed. Basically, what that statement identifies, God is glorified, identifies how everyone grows. You grow up with your father first. Saints are sanctified. That's the goal and objective of God. They were all connected together inside of the family of God, we're trying to become more sanctified on the nature we were before we ever sinned. And lives are changed. That's reaching out to those who don't even know the Lord as of yet. We grow up with God. We go in with the family of God. And we grow out for those who don't know God. I want to invite you, if you have a chance, to come to the great city of Indianapolis, the, 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 the middle of this country, the crossroads of America. Come and get your blessing in Naptown. We'd love to have you here. You'll find great members of the family of God here inside this city, brothers and sisters who love each other, congregationally across this city. We support each other, and we stand together and know that God will give you the power and the might that you need. If you have a chance to come to the city, you must come by 2031 East 30th Street here in the great city of Indianapolis and get your blessing among the saints of God who worship together in spirit and in truth. I want to share a word with you out of the book of Proverbs, this great man Solomon made a powerful writing if you look at this passage i'll share with you on today i think it gives us insight to the significance of the words that you use that you represent a god the god of heaven hear the words of proverbs 18 and verse number 20. i read to, to you from two translations uh, each translation and then of course i read from a paraphrase but hear the words of this text in proverbs 18 where solomon writes from the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled. With the harvest of their lips, they are satisfied. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. I think it's interesting to read the Message Bible in this passage as well. It's more of a paraphrase, but I think the point 
is even more clearly stated. He writes it in this way, words satisfy the mind as much as fruit does the stomach. Good talk is as gratifying as a good harvest. Words kill. Words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. Friend, if we followed you around, what would we hear you say? I'm not asking, are you using words you should not use? We all know, and you know, if you are doing that, that's something you've got to work on. But, but, but there are three types of conversations that people have. They talk about people, things, or ideas. Beyond that, do we fully grasp the power of words? Beyond that, what about people, things, and ideas do you actually discuss? Do you have any idea of the power, influence, and control you have in the world in which you live? If I were to frame this lesson based on this text, I would ask you a fundamental question. Are you a deaf talker? Are you a deaf talker? I remember the words of my grandmother calling me her boy, my aunt letting me speak like a lawyer as a child, my fourth grade teacher. Let me speak through a sock, pop, a, a sock puppet, and my, my dad pushing me to speak the word of God as my first sermon. The church in Alabama asking us to speak our first relationship workshop. I can recall the words that folk gave to me that empowered me, that strengthened me, that made me feel I had a right to stand and declare something. I had something worth hearing or something valuable to give. Or did you hear something different? Did you hear you would be like your no good daddy? Were you, did you hear just be quiet? I want you to stop talking. Did you hear no one wants to hear you talking? That, that That's corny or you're so dumb. Did you hear I couldn't have had someone from me as dumb as you are? Did you hear nothing ever fits me right? I, I, I can't stand my hair. I can't stand my height. I, I can't stand my curves, my lack of curves. I can't stand my voice. I don't like my own eyes. I can't do anything right. I'm always broke. It ain't, if it ain't one thing, it's another. I, I can't sing. I can't exercise. I can't eat better. I can't. I just can't keep a job. I can't have a relationship. If I if I had your hand, I throw my hand away. No one is hiring. There are no good men out there. There are no good women out there. I can't remember that. I can't recover from my grief. Words are powerful, and if you don't believe. What anyone else says, you will believe what you say. What is the message you really give when you speak? Now, this is why the police say you have the right to remain silent. That, that is advice to use that right because anything you say can and will be held against you. Demand your words because whatever you say, we're going to use it against you because your words speak volumes. Do you understand First of all, friend, the power of words. There is no power greater than the power of God. He doesn't use a gun. God doesn't use a storm or a bomb or a cannon or a fight to win. God uses words. No power greater than the idea that he can speak a world into existence with a word. When I pray, I typically... When I do a public prayer, I typically close a prayer by saying, now in the name of the one who can calm all waters with the word, in the name of the one who can calm every sea, and in the name of the one 
who can speak a world into existence with just a word. God is omni, it's all. He is omni everything. And guess what God uses? In the Hebrew, that the three Hebrew words associated with God using words. Those Hebrew words are peh, imra, and dabal. Peh means from the mouth of God. When prophets spoke, they spoke it in peh. It was spoken as coming directly from the mouth of God. So a term associated with God and words is peh. Because whenever you had that word in the Hebrew in the text, is emphasizing the idea this person is speaking directly from the mouth of God. Emerald has the idea, suggests what is said from God is tried and true. When you find that word in the Hebrew, it builds on the idea that this statement is tried and this statement is actually true. The third Hebrew word you'll find uh, that's used to emphasize the word of, the, of what God says is the Hebrew dabar, dabar. What is said, which means what is said from God is an expression of his personality. God is what he says he is. Jesus said, it is written that man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. To words, because your words, my words, and your words should be like God's words. Our words should be like his, in that my words should be past. They should be words that are, are to be seen as coming from the mouth of God. Since you are in his image, your words should sound like something God would say. Secondly, because your words are emerald, they are, they are tried and true words, and your words are words we know. If you said it's been tested, it has been tried, I can depend on what you say. Our words should also be there for a demand. Your words have power because your words, they express the personality of God. See, we ought to speak like our Father with words that are tried and true, dependable, because our words show our personality or who we really are. Edify. Words that build up. Because that is how our Father speaks. We are told to be filled with the Spirit. So if you are Spirit-filled, Jesus said, I must send the comforter, the paracletos, the para alongside us, kletos, who calls. I must send the one who you can call to be alongside you. So when times are hard and you don't know what to say, you don't know what to do, you don't have the right personality to achieve it, you have the comforter, the paraclete next to you who empowers you and then gives you enlightenment on how to be and how to function. That's why the child of God receives the gift of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's mission. He's the spirit that brings about holiness inside your life by changing you from the inside to the outside. He will guide, the Lord said. Martin Luther King used words. Adolf Hitler words. Your parents, your siblings, your friends, we would call your frame, that's a acronym for your friends, your relatives, your acquaintances, neighbors, your enemies, all use words. The words of Richard Williams about his daughters, Venus and Serena, that you were, you, would take, we, we think we have no power. He told his daughters all their lives, you will be great and believe what their daddy said. 
you have a million dollars to give away every day. There is power. And as the writer in Proverbs says, understand that life death surrounds the words on your tongue. Our words, like God's words, can speak life or death. With the, with the word he brought into existence, all we see and experience, we speak life or death into others and ourselves. Words can bless or curse. Jesus said it's what comes out that makes you unclean. So if you have no control of your tongue, you, you, then you, your praying becomes of no value. If you gossip and you lie and you brag, shut that mouth. The tongue has no force, but its power is measured by its damage. I remember the words when I was teased as a child. What were you called? Do you still see yourself in that light? Do you recall the things that were said about you when you were four and five and seven, the negative things you were called and the put-downs you received? They say, I'm useless, like I'm a penny with a hole in it. I'm living up to your low expectations of me. Understand that life and death are bound inside your tongue. And understand that you are in your own hands. Speak the proper words to yourself, I would declare. Many of us good believers do not mind praising others and praise. Bless God for every member. The Bible says we come together on the first day of the week for the purpose of, 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 of pushing each other, oppressing each other to love and to have good works. The, the term has the idea that we come together to irritate each other, to love more, and, and that practice good works more. But understand this. A lot of us are good at coming together, and you encourage others. And you tell them, I can see your power, and I see your benefit. And I would declare, if you're a child of God, your words ought to always be words that edify. The Bible says your words be words that, that season with salt. You ever had popcorn? Some restaurants have gotten in trouble for adding too much salt to their food because salt creates a taste. When I eat popcorn at the movie theater, I may start with one or two currents. Next thing I know, I'm stuffing a handful into my mouth because salt creates a desire for more. You are supposed to have words that create a desire and an interest inside somebody to hear more, to say more, and to express more. I want you to know, friend, ain't nothing to it but to do it. Do you say that? The person who says I can and the person who says I can't are both right. That's true. God can do all exceedingly abundantly with all I ask or think. Do you actually say and believe that? Do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If you make all these wonderful, powerful statements about what God can do and how God can't fail and I believe in God, and then you hang your head down. Nothing wrong in translating what you're saying into it to believing. Friend, you will believe what you say. Stop speaking death and failure into every situation. God may say no to your request, but don't say no to your own request. As God's image bearers, we can use our words to bless someone, which is a life-giving act. It takes words of words to curse someone and words to bless someone. I want you to be aware that you live in a danger because your children won't forget the words that you say. Your grandkids won't forget the words that you say. Some people don't even comprehend the idea that perspective is to make you better. I think you need to lose weight. So to help you lose weight, I'm going to degrade you and put you down. 
That has never worked. God doesn't spend all his time telling you how raggedy of a sinner you is. He tells you how powerful you can be when you put your trust in him. Your words are to be words that build people up. Built up by your words, then who are you speaking from? God or the devil? Your children should know they're going to get a good word from you. Your friends should know they're going to get a word from you. Your enemies should know they're going to get a good word from you. That when your enemies talk to you and hear from you, they know automatically you're going to say something godly, something, something spiritual, and give words that will bless and edify and build someone up. Jesus talked about building others up and giving them insight into what it means to be made in the image of a God who does all things right and all things well. Friend, you have to learn the value and the power of speaking words that give life. Who talks around you? Get dead people out of your ears. Get dead people out of your, out of your, out of your heart. Get dead people out of your head. You got to be aware that you're listening sometimes to people that are giving you messages that will destroy you. Here's what Jesus says, Ephesians 4.29. Let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth. Verse 8. Put away anger, wrath, malice, slander. Jesus said it's not what goes into a man that defiles him, but what comes out of the man. It's the words you speak that's making you so messed up and told now. And James 1.26. If you seek your religious and don't bridle your tongue, it's empty and vain. Words, speech, yeah, it's to be God's word. When you say something, you ought to be able to quote it from God if it's right. It's to be tried. If what you're going to say is, well, I don't think that's going to work. Has anyone done anything before that's not what that folks thought would work, that may work? It's tried and it tested. Your words are be words that should be trusted when you speak. And they should be words that we know define you. I would know who you are. I would know what you are. And I would know what you're about by just listening to you for five or ten minutes. Friends, we need the Holy Spirit because without him, we will be heartless. Without him, we'd be defenseless. Without the Holy Spirit guiding your tongue, you'd be joyless. Without the Holy Spirit guiding your tongue, You'd be powerless. Without him, you'd be helpless. Without him, you'd be restless. And without him, you would be useless. He is the teacher that instructs you. He is the guide that leads you. He's the anointing that empowers you. He's the gift that enriches you. He's the blessing that revives you. He's the promise that assures you. Understand the power of words. Understand that life and death is in your tongue. Understand that you are in you are in your own hands. If you destroy your life or build your life, it's because the words that you're speaking stop talking so negative and downtrodden. The people of the living God ought to talk like God, who even knowing before he made man how raggedy folk was going to be, how they would kill each other and destroy each other and hurt each other. Even inside of his church, he saw it before he made man, and yet with his positive nature, he decided, I love them so much, I'm going to make these creatures anyway. You a death talker. Do your words kill? Do your dirt words destroy? Are there children inside your life, family inside your world, and their memory of you is always the worst things that you've said and done? It's time for change. Watch your mouth. Watch what you're saying. Your family, people all gravitate 
something valuable to say. If you see Brother Hubbard car on the side of the road and the hood is up and you pull over, walk up to my car, as I'm saying, your car broke down, look like you got a problem with your car. You know, the reason I'm on the side of the road with the hood up is I know that. When I got a problem, I really don't need somebody to come by and tell me I got a problem. You don't really help me when you tell me something's already messed up. It's all tore. Well, thank you. Thank you for the news flash, but it's in my life. I think I know stuff is tore up right now. What I need from you, an idea of how to make it better. What I need from you is a word to say it's going to be all right. Lord's on your side. Troubles may come, but your God is greater than your struggle. He's more powerful your challenge joy will come in the morning i need to hear words from somebody who talks like god that if you don't know how to talk like the lord well in my words my mother would tell me years ago if you ain't got nothing good to say just don't say nothing at all <laughs> may god bless you may god give you strength may god give you peace to learn the power of thinking before you speak and speaking like the God you claim to praise and believe in. Friend, if you're not a part of the family of God, you should contact the station. You'll get an opportunity to hear what it means to be connected to God. They'll walk you through the process. You've heard the word of the living God from Proverbs. You can believe that word. If you believe it, it'll make you have a change of mind. We call that repentance. And once you had a change of mind, which we call repentance, a person confesses. I declare confession is not just saying in front of a bunch of people, Jesus is the son of the living God. Confession is deciding I want Jesus as my Lord. He is not, if he's not Lord, he's not anything. What is Lord, preacher? I'm glad you asked. Lord, he's your curios. See, repentance declares that I'm going the wrong way. I don't know what in the world I'm doing. I need to stop because I didn't mess my situation up already. Confession is saying I need a Lord to tell me what to do where to do and how to do it when you declare him as lord you're declaring your faith and trust in him to run your life and now that means you therefore decided to die to who you were so we're going to bury you in the water grave of baptism mark 16 16 you can i want you to know that you will discover the gift that god wants to give you right now as you hold him and he will give you the power to become the child he wants you to be. Even right now, inside your life, you need to change. And only that change can change your words, can change your truth, and change how you communicate. Let's pray briefly together. Father God, we just come to you and thank you for this word. Thank you for how you've given us this word to look into ourselves, to see the gift of life and the gift of God, that you can, you can empower us and bless us, that we can walk down a path that is straight and narrow, that we can become the children that you desire for us to be. May we seek to be like you. Have words that build and edify, words that touch and empower, words that mold somebody up, words that identify the significance of holding to your unchanging hand. Thank you, Father God, for all that you have done to bring us this far. May we, may we somehow realize the significance we have in, in leaning on you and depending on you. May we decide right now that by speaking like you and talking like you, we'll be transformative to the world that we're living in. We'll be, become more the children that you desire us to be. We'll be able to become modified and molded to be 
come in the presence of the mighty God. Thank you, Father, for this gift. May we see the value that we can't speak optimistic, positive words of somehow, somehow, we have not as of yet decided to put you first in our lives. We've not decided yet that you have the authority and control over our future. May our words represent and reflect the heart we have and our love and trust and care for you. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done to bring us this far. Thank you in advance how you would empower us and draw us closer. And we walk each day with continued faith, not being a death talker, but a, a, a life talker, understanding that the power of death is locked up in our own tongues. Thank you, Father, for your peace and your grace. And now, as always, I want to commend you to God and the words of his grace, which are able to build you up inheritance among all of us who are the sanctified. May God give you grace. My God, may God give you peace. May God give you strength. May God purify your tongue so that your words are always a blessing. Be blessed. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. It ain't all good, but it's gonna be good. Cause I love him. I'm on an uphill but I'm doing fine. And I trust him. Everything ain't well, but it's gonna be swell in the fullness of time. Everything's gonna be fine. Whoa! In the fullness of time. Everything is alright Sometimes I feel Like I'm a run-down man But I'm looking upward Cause I know him I'm trying to be holy I wanna be worthy So he will know me I look around me and It seems like evil wins In the fullness of time It's gonna be good. 
Cause I love him. I'm on a climbing. And I'm doing fine. And I trust so him. Everything ain't well. But it's gonna be well. In the fullness of time. Yeah. Everything's gonna be fine. Everything that I've been through. In the fullness of Listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to apologize for the audio difficulty that we had at the beginning of the show. I didn't even realize my audio was uh, failing as it was. I just listened to uh, Clay Phillips' video that he did on social media, and before he came on, there was dead air where I was actually talking but it didn't broadcast on the, through this studio. So I apologize for that. So we're trying to work that out as best we can. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, that's our show. I'm not going to do any announcements because I, I'm not really sure how this broadcast is going out over the air right now. So I don't want to uh, do all those announcements and have a big segment of dead air. So we're not going to do that. So we're going to go ahead and close out the show right now. We just appreciate everyone for tuning in on this broadcast. I want to thank my co-hosts on the show, Clay Phillips and Stanley Hubbard, for that uh, outstanding lessons that they gave on the show today. We just love studying God's Word here on the Gospel Light Radio Show. also want to thank my co-host, Brian Christian Coleman, for answering that shout-out question. We've got some good questions coming into that platform, so we want to encourage our listeners to go to face, uh, Facebook, social media, and get involved with those biblical discussions that are going on there in that shouted-out group. I, want to pre- I really do appreciate my co-host, Brian Christian Coleman, for his efforts on the show as well, as well as my co-host, Clay Phillips and Stanley Phillips. I am just so proud of these gentlemen each week uh, preaching the Word with such faithfulness as they do, and I don't take any of this for blessing, uh, for granted. It's just a blessing. It is my prayer that the lessons that were uh, proclaimed on this broadcast this evening have been beneficial to your spiritual lives and your relationship with the Lord has been strengthened because not only tuned in this radio broadcast, but you've given yourself over to a study of God's Word. So until we meet again, pray God's continual blessings upon your lives and that He bless you real, real good. You've been listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. We have all my co-hosts on the show. We really do appreciate your love and support for these programs. I'm your host, Steve R. Butler. Good night, everybody. God bless you. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Oh, Mary. Oh, Martha. Oh, Mary. Thank you.
Listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show.